0: Lonely Son the songs for you. The teaching that our being attracts our life can lead to some terrible consequences if it's not properly understood. We've talked about this before, and this may have nothing to do with what I'm talking about now, but for some reason I felt like that needed to be said. And sadly, understanding is the one thing most lacking in our world and in the work of esotericism. Understanding isn't standard issue on our planet. It's an elective. You're not born with understanding. If you are, you soon forget it, or you soon lose it. And when we talk about transformation, development, one of the first things that we really have to develop is some kind of understanding. Because as we are, we're sadly lacking in this area. And as I've said before, what we have instead of understanding is misunderstanding. And we have plenty of that. Without understanding, the teaching about your being attracting your life is turned into judgment and condemnation. We look at people and we see what's going on in their life. In other words, we look through the five senses at the physical body, at the events, at the things that are happening, at the words that are being said, and we judge according to appearances. And then judgment for us, it's nothing more than condemnation. There's no such thing as judgment without condemnation. If you're talking about judgment and it doesn't have condemnation in it, then you're not talking about judgment. You may be talking about discernment, but you're not talking about judgment. Judgment is condemnation. Without understanding, we will be unable to match the internal and the external. There will always be a mismatch. We'll look at the outside and if we judge that, then we imagine that that's what the inside is like. And this couldn't be more detrimental to our own personal development. And our own personal development is the only development that we need to be concerned with. Whatever has happening with someone else, their development, that's really none of your business. There are so many things in esotericism that point to this. And for some reason, we forget, we miss them. We forget that we're not supposed to be judging. We forget that we're not supposed to be looking at the outside of a person and judging what their internal world is like by what we see on the outside. We're not supposed to do it with ourselves. Yet we do. If you think about it, the external of a man and the internal of a man are mismatched because they're out of sync. And it's out of sync throughout all of the mechanical circle of humanity. The mechanical circle of humanity just in case you forgot, is us. We like to think, well, we're doing this work. We've been working all these years, and so surely we're not part of the mechanical circle of humanity. Yes. Yes, that's exactly why we're working, because we are part of the mechanical circle of humanity. That's why we are working, because we want to work our way out of that and into the conscious circle of humanity. We are trying desperately, sometimes, and futilely, other times, to awaken. And it's just not easy. No matter how many people tell you, oh, it's a snap, it's a breeze, it just bing, there it is, it just happens. It doesn't just happen. As I said, understanding is not something that's standard issue on our planet. You don't get it just by being born. You don't get it just by living your life. You don't get it by having experiences. You don't get it through the five senses. That's the problem with understanding. It doesn't come through the five senses. Knowledge can come through the five senses, but understanding doesn't. It's not something you can get from your outer world. It's something that has to happen internally. As Esotericism teaches, there can be no internal, psychological, spiritual development without understanding. This is pretty grim when you think about it. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It doesn't matter how many experiences you have in the world. It doesn't matter how many places you've visited, how many jobs you have, how many relationships you have had or have with people. None of that matters. Spiritual development, spiritual growth, transformation does not come without understanding. You must have understanding. And understanding is a force that you must generate, create within yourself. It has to happen inside. And the only way it can happen is if you connect with something higher inside of yourself. As a rule, people work from repression rather than realization. We must learn to think in a new way in order to turn this around. When I say repression rather than realization, what I mean is I remember back when I first introduced the idea of not expressing negative emotions years and years ago in that particular form. and. Sure enough, the first thing people came up with was, well, that's just repression. Not expressing negative emotions is just repression. So, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be real and be myself. It's like, well, okay, you do that. But that's not what we're talking about. Repressing negative emotions is not a good idea. It can make you sick. Repression can make you sick. Repressing yourself in any way can make you sick. But we're not talking about repression. We're talking about realization. Why not express negative emotions? Well, the reason that people don't express negative emotions externally through repression is because of fear of loss. That's the only reason. Well, what would they lose? You could lose your job. You could lose your freedom. If you express negative emotions to the wrong person at the wrong time, like a police officer, they can take you to jail. Expressing negative emotions always leads down to violence. Violence against a police officer is a felony. You can go to jail for that. I know people do it all the time. People get in fights with police officers over a uh, traffic ticket. Well, that's not... I wasn't going that fast and you've just had a bad day and all the stuff they lay on them and then the next thing you know they get into a fight with them and they go to jail. So repressing negative emotions is something that happens to us because of fear. Fear of loss. Fear of loss of reputation is another thing. Well, what will people think of me? And of course we consider that the mechanical circle of humanity, one of the earmarks of the mechanical circle of humanity is internal considering. What we think about is ourselves. Well, what is this going to make me look like? Well, what, would the, what does that person think of me? Well, what, what about this? And you owe me this, and you should give me that, and why... blah, 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 blah. Sleeping humanity acts from fear of the external. That is what drives us. Fear of loss of one kind or another. You bite your tongue and you smile, externally, while inside you're simmering, we're boiling. And all of life for us becomes this pretense of looking like we're not angry, smiling when inside we're not smiling. It reminds me of one of the Psalms that says their words are smooth as butter, but their lips are drawn swords. Something like that. And I think, you know, this is what we are like and we don't see it. Oh sure, we see it about other people, but we don't see it about ourselves. We don't see our own pretense, we don't see how we are repressing the things that we know are going to make us look bad. We believe in darkness, we believe that darkness hides. We believe that we can get away with things if we keep them hidden, if we keep them repressed. And so we have this huge dark side of our own psychology where we stuff all these things and we hide it from ourselves. We hide it from the world first, and then we hide it from ourselves. We keep on pushing it into the dark. We keep on pushing it into a place where we're not conscious of it. Repression. Men of understanding look no different externally than those completely devoid of understanding. You can't tell by looking at a person on the outside if they have understanding or not. And yet, we judge people based on this idea that our being attracts our life. Therefore, whatever it is you have in your life, that means that that's what you're like on the inside. Let's take a couple of examples. Let's take Buddha, for example. Buddha, according to all that we know, became an enlightened being, made union with the infinite. He reunited himself with the source of his being. Yet, people looked at him on the outside and judged him the religious leaders of his time got together and condemned him and tried to figure out a way to bring him down. And they said, well, what will we do? How will we get him? All the things he teaches, we can't fault any of those things. He teaches people to tell the truth. He teaches people to be chaste. He teaches people to, you know, he teaches all these good things. How can we fault his doctrine? We can't do that. And so they schemed and got together and hired a woman to go and talk to him. So she went in and talked to him. And then when she came out, she messed up her hair and messed up her clothes so that it looked like she had been doing something else in there with him. And when she came out, she made a big show of, oh, how wonderful he was and la la da 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 so that everybody knew. And then she came back months later, hired by the priests of the time, with something strapped to her stomach with a rope so that she looked pregnant. And she went around and told everybody that Buddha was the father, that she had slept with him and that Buddha was the father. And so, of course, all the religious leaders got together because they'd hired her to do this. They all got together to accuse him. And the Buddha just sat there, as the story goes, perfectly at peace calm. And they said, well, what do you have to say for yourself? And after all the accusations, what do you have to say for yourself? And all he said was, she knows the truth and I know the truth. That's all he said. That rattled her so much that the rope came loose and whatever it was she had tied to her belly to make it look like she was pregnant dropped out from under her garments. And everyone immediately understood that this whole thing had been just this accusation. But you take a man like that, like the Buddha, whose life, if you look at it that way, then you say, well, it's his being that attracted that. It's his being that made those people hate him. It's his being that made the priest go against him. We look at it that way and it's all twisted around because there's this huge mismatch. What we don't understand is what we are seeing, we are seeing through our own being. We are seeing through our own understanding or lack of understanding. And we're judging it based on the impressions that we have, our old associations, our attitudes. Whereas someone else might look at his life and think it entirely different. Think that there's something entirely different inside of him. Someone who understands that there's an opposing force, that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. So for every good deed you do, there is something that opposes that in the outer and in the inner as well. To judge by the opposition is a huge mistake unless you judge righteously. You understand that, I think it was Jesus who said, you're blessed when men persecute you and speak all manner of evil against you. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't feel blessed when people do that. But he says you are, but on the outside, you don't feel blessed at all. You feel misrepresented, you feel slandered, you feel lied about, you feel a loss Yet, you are blessed because they talked about the prophets that way. That was the second thing he had to say about that. Well, you're blessed because that's the way your fathers treated the prophets. So, the history of the mechanical circle of humanity is to treat goodness as evil. To call light dark and to call darkness light. But as I said, men of understanding externally don't look any different than people who are completely devoid of understanding. Jesus is another example. If your being attracts your life, then he must have been a really bad guy to be crucified with two thieves. I mean, What was up with that? Why did all those people hate him? Why did all those people do so many horrible things to him? If his being attracts his life, then it was all his fault. This is the way that we judge externally. But let's think about it for a moment. One of the things that he said was, in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 and 14, it says, Then some children were brought to him, so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. So here you have the outer, these children. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the children alone. Do not hinder them from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. (laughs) Think about this. We're judging from the outer. The disciples are judging by appearances. They're judging the external. These little kids, they don't, what are they doing here? They don't understand any of this. Well, this isn't for them. This is for adults. This is important stuff. Why are the children taking up his time? Why are the children getting in the way? So the disciples rebuked them. He said, no, don't hinder them from coming to me. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Obviously, Jesus wasn't looking at the outer and saying the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, just the outer. He was looking at something else. He was looking at that pure, childlike heart. What is it? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, if you see God, then it is because you have a pure heart. And if you see God and you have an impure heart, then the God you see is impure because of your perception. The disciples, lacking understanding, judged externally. To rebuke is to express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or actions. Jesus acted from understanding, while the disciples acted from repression. Repression. They looked, they disapproved, they criticized, they didn't like the behavior and the actions of the children. They didn't measure up to their standards. The evil, I love this, this is from the House on the Rock, the evil are often more attractive than the good. I would say most often, are more attractive than the good. We may act from something more essential inside or from the personality that's been acquired in life. That's the choice we have. We can act from one or the other. But we don't have that choice until we start to know ourselves, until we start to see, until we can start to separate from this personality, from this thing that we acquired in life that all of our identity has moved into, that all of our feeling of I is living in. It's so hard to pull our identity, our feeling of self, out of this acquired thing. We look in the mirror, we see ourselves. We're sure of it, there's no doubt about it. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, who's that? I I don't recognize that person. Okay, well, it may have been this morning, but I didn't mean that you look different because of your age or whatever. I mean, you know who's there, because we're identified with it. To act from something more essential, We must begin to awaken to, to realize the meaning of spiritual, or if you prefer, psychological truth. One not awake acts from personality, which is governed by life circumstances. The personality is run by life. It was built by life. Life is its creator. So, the circumstances of life are the fingers that push the buttons and manipulate the personality. The person run by personality who acts from personality will do what's right as long as life requires it and his fear of loss forces it. That's how life controls people. Life controls people with laws and laws have consequences, punishments. So it's the fear of punishment that controls people. You remove the laws and people are not. an example, when the lights went out in New York, people started looting because it was dark and they could get away with it. Morris Nichols said, he'll behave well externally, and yet go home and talk vilely about other people. But in the open, be very polite. If you know someone like this, I recommend that you look at yourself. Rather than looking at that person, I recommend that you look at yourself and see how you do that. It's annoying to look at yourself and see how you do that. It's disheartening to look at yourself and see how you do that. And this is the reason we must separate from that self. Yes, it does that. And if I can get behind it, then I can stop it before it does that. But you'll never stop it if it's behind you. If your false personality is behind you, the only thing you can do is look back at it after it is done, whatever it has done that you didn't want it to do. But if you can get behind it, if you can separate from it and stand behind it and look at it, see yourself out there. Then you have a space that you can operate in and stop it from doing the things that you don't want it to do. So the person will basically have a mismatch, a bad internal and a polite external. We all know so many people like this because on our planet, almost everyone is like this. This is why it's so difficult to trust anyone. I remember I had a friend who, (laughs) I was young, very young, And I had a friend, and he one time invited me over to his apartment, and he had someone else there who let me in. And he hid in the closet. And then he had this other person ask me questions about him while he listened from the closet, wanted to know what I thought about him. And, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? It was so bizarre. And then when he came out of the closet, you know, and he said, well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I was like, oh, my God. That's just incredible. But do you see what it is? It's like he couldn't trust anybody. Why? Why is it we can't trust anybody? Well, because we know what we're like. Yeah. The whole thing is so bizarre. That really did happen. That's, I didn't make that up. That really did happen. I don't think I'll ever forget it. I remember the guy's name. I remember what he looks like. I remember it like I think, wow, that's the first time that anyone ever did something that obvious. You know, we all have our ways. We'll, we try and find out we try and you know like mark what a person really thinks of us. A man who is properly developed his internal side will not change how he acts because of external events. So when external events change he'll stay the same. Whether my friend was in the closet or sitting right there in the room in front of me I would have answered the same thing. That's the one thing he found out when he came out of the closet. When he came out of hiding when he stopped eavesdropping. What he found out was that it didn't matter whether he was there or not. I was going to say the same thing. Esoteric teachings are about making the internal right, no matter what your external may be. It doesn't matter what your external circumstances are to esoteric teachings. They don't care. The conscious circle of humanity is not interested in your external. That is temporary, and it changes all the time. What it is interested in is your internal life, your spiritual life. The real world is spiritual, not physical. A man governed by false personality will change his behavior according to external events. If you're governed by false personality, someone's in the closet and someone else asks you, well, what do you think about that person? And you tell them, well, if they loosen you up enough and get you to, you know, if they prime the pump, well, you know, I really don't like that. I think that he does this or she does that. And blah, 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 you get them all relaxed and ready to gossip and they'll let it go. And then the person comes out of the closet or the person comes into the room and suddenly you smile and everything changes. Have you ever walked into a room and you look at people and you know that they've just been talking about you and it wasn't very good because they won't look you in the eye? Have you ever noticed that? It seems like everybody's had that experience. Why is that? It's because we repress our negative emotions. It's because we're pretentious. It's because we try and hide rather than fix. What does it mean to fix? A man who has properly developed his internal side will not change how he acts because external events change. Because someone's in the room, he's not going to change how he acts toward that person. If the person is not in the room, he's not going to change what he has to say about him, how he feels about him. Whereas a man governed by false personality will change. Think about it. Someone governed by false personality His inner and his outer will be mismatched because he acts not from internal perception of the truth, but from acquired attitudes, from fear of consequences, from peer pressure, from fear of loss of reputation or money or whatever. Remove the external checks and he has nothing solid from which to act. If you remove the laws from most people, they will not behave in a very nice way. Look at mobs. A mob means your identity is lost. Your identity is lost. You've given it to the mob. You are now part of that. And so anything that it does, you can do. And because you're hidden there, because you no longer have your single individual identity anymore, you can do things that you would never do alone. That's a perfect example of repression. We repress our feelings. We repress our negative emotions rather than deal with them. Another mismatch is when the false personality judges another from the external story or the appearance, whatever. This is tragic as it cuts the judge off from any spiritual development. You see, it's not Buddha who had a problem because of the woman and the priests that hired the woman to make the accusations, to lie, to make him look bad. It wasn't Buddha who had the problem. They cut themselves off from their own spiritual development. That's the real tragedy of it. It wasn't Jesus who had the problem, because the priest hired people to scream and to be in a mob and yell, crucify him. It wasn't Jesus who had the problem, although externally it looked like it was. It looked like he was being crucified. It looked like he was a criminal. It looked like everybody else, because there was a majority of people yelling it, it looked like he was a bad guy, if you judge by the external. But it wasn't his problem. It was their problem, because they had cut themselves off from any spiritual development. That's the tragedy of it. If you never show your negative emotions for fear of being attacked, yet continue to enjoy them internally, privately, and with others of like mind, you are not developed internally. You have yet to see how negative emotions destroy you spiritually, just as lying does. It is incredibly destructive. If you like negative emotions, but you do your best not to show them, the pretense will put you in the slums of your internal world. If you express your negative emotions openly, same thing. So if there's no mismatch, if you're just wicked inside and outside, then there's no mismatch. But you're still in a bad place internally. And eventually, you're going to be in a bad place externally as well. They put people like that in prison. The little eyes that live there, in the slums of ourselves, will destroy you if you don't come to see for yourself what spiritual death awaits those who enjoy negative emotions. Truly, it amazes me to have people say, well, yeah, I'm negative. And they think that they've done something. I've confessed it. I've said it. Yes, I'm negative. That makes me a better person. And they still enjoy it. They go right on being negative and enjoying it. It's not good relabeling them either or justifying them. So if you have negative emotions and you call them something else, they're still negative emotions. They will still bring you spiritual death. If you justify them, they're still negative emotions and they will still lead you down to spiritual death. You cannot avoid it. Don't be... What is it? I think Paul says, God will not be mocked. What you sow, you will reap. You cannot escape the internal price that will be exacted from you, by you, if you relish, protect relabel, justify your negative emotions. Only when you realize personally in yourself the harm they do will you be able to begin to act from understanding that enables you to perceive the truth internally. If you can't see the truth internally about yourself, how can you possibly act from it? There's no way. If all you see is the external and you buy your own pretense, your own lie, your own image that you have sold yourself and that you're selling the world, if you buy that There is no hope for you to see the truth internally. And if you can't see the truth internally, perceive it internally, you cannot act from it. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Hell is an internal state. It is the slums of you. It is the slums of your psychology. It's where the little eyes judge. It's where the little eyes hate. It's where the little eyes misunderstand. It's where the little eyes can't perceive anything bigger, can't perceive anything higher. They can't look up. They're like dogs. Dogs don't look up. They look down or they look straight ahead or they look to the side, but they don't look up. Little eyes are like that. Incidentally, that what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. This is all esoteric. What you hear from the higher centers, what you hear from something higher inside of you, inside of you, internally, in the darkness where people can't see, that's the darkness you see. That's where people can't see inside of you. Speak it in the light. In other words, manifest it out here. What you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim it upon the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul. Speak the truth, no matter what the consequences will be. And trust me, the consequences can be very severe. As you have no doubt noted with Buddha and Jesus and what happened to them, what people did with them, the consequences of them living that life, speaking the truth, were very severe because for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. So that whole thing is found in Matthew chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, if you're interested in reading it. This brings a matching of inner and outer. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops, that brings an internal matching with the external and the internal. They start to line up. This is living from truth internally perceived rather than fear of external consequences. Does it mean that people will like it? No. Does it mean that you'll have a lot of friends? Probably not. Don't look for that. Because what you become is a kind of, oh, you become... A slap in the face to people. You become a block that they stumble over. You become a conscience. And they want to blot that out. Buried conscience is buried for a reason. It's not buried because we want it. It's buried because we don't want to deal with it. We rather have acquired conscience, which is the law. The outer law. It's all external. That's what we would rather live by. That's what the false personality would rather live by. There's something inside of you that doesn't want to live like that. Without inner perception of the truth, we'll never be able to behave properly in our psychological world. And that's the world where it really matters. We'll continue to do the best that we can to protect our reputations. J. Krishnamurti was fond of saying, what you do not understand is that the house is on fire. Speaking of our lives, we're in a very dangerous place. He was trying to get people to wake up to the fact that now is the time that you have and that the house is on fire, and you're acting like you've got forever to get out of the house. And you don't have forever. Your time is very limited. Every moment is precious, and it needs to be invested properly in this internal kingdom. Morris Nichols said, If you're sitting under an apple tree in the country and are full of negative emotions towards everyone, you are in great danger as regards your psychological development. That's the exact same thing that Krishnamurti was saying. The house is on fire, that's what you need to understand. And what Morris Nichol is saying, look, it doesn't matter what people think. If they're looking at you and they think, oh, well, he's fine. And you're sitting under an apple tree in the country and people all think you're meditating or you're being good or you're doing whatever it is you're doing and you're full of negative emotions toward everyone or anyone, you're in great danger as regards your psychological development or your spiritual development. You are in danger of losing your soul. You must learn to internally obey higher ideas coming from the conscious beings above us for the sake of the truth, not for the sake of your reputation, not for the sake of your job, not for the sake of fear of loss. Only then can you hope to work properly. Only then can you develop spiritually and fulfill your destiny. There is no other way. If there was another way, I would have told you, but there is no other way. This is an inside job, and it has to be done inside of you. And you are the only one standing at the controls or that can reach the controls. It's inside of you. You must do it. You cannot continue to blame life on other people. If you do, you will lose yourself.